0: You are now listening to the Music Matters Media Podcast with your host, Lisa Holland. A show made to bridge the gap between mainstream musicians and artists on the rise. Discovering up-and-coming Everyone and welcome to the Music Matters Media podcast. Today we are going to be discussing Drake's seventh studio album titled "Honestly, Nevermind." It was a surprise drop that was released earlier this summer, back on June 17th, to kick off the summer. A surprise project from Drake, but did it hold up? How did the fans react? How did the public react in general? How do we feel about this album? I mean, that's why you're here, is to listen to this album review. So, Eric, I think we should just dive straight into it.
1: I'll tell you right off the bat, I immediately like this album more than Certified Loverboy because I found it to be sonically more interesting than the last one and because it was a much more consistent effort. And I feel like Drake stuck mostly to one sound on the majority of this album with the occasional hip-hop song, which I definitely appreciated more than the uh, varied nature of Certified Lover Boy. But if I'm being honest, then I think the both of us definitely owe it not just to ourselves, but to our listeners as well. Even though I enjoyed this album, I didn't enjoy it you know, so much more as to say that it's leagues above Certified Loverboy because unfortunately it's not. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. How how did you feel about it?
0: Okay, well, something that I did not add in the intro to this episode is the fact that Honestly Nevermind is a project from Drake that is completely, quote-unquote, experimental, not something that we've heard from him before it is him tackling the genre of house music. This album consists of 14 tracks, 13 songs are influenced by house music and EDM, and you get one hip-hop track on the back end, which is called Jimmy Cooks featuring 21 Savage, which also is the only feature on this album. Other influences that could be heard on here, of course, other than dance, are Afro beats so this album was very mixed for me i think i like the idea of the album more so than the execution of the album if i were to be completely honest because as you said before we owe it to our listeners it doesn't matter how much of a fan i am in my everyday life of drake we have to be completely transparent on here and i have vowed to do that ever since starting the podcast And listen, just because you have a favorite artist, musician, band does not mean that everything that they released is going to be a hit. And I get it. Music is all subjective. So somebody might listen to this and fall in love with it. Another person might listen to this and completely hate it. Other people might fall somewhere in between like us, but I'm not going to get on here and hype up something and false advertise how I feel just because I am a fan of the artist's work in general. And that goes for anybody that we cover on here. So I just want to square that away. But for this, this is a very mixed project for me, as I was saying, because I like the idea of it more than the execution. And I'll explain why. It's because this is the first time that he has released a cohesive project in years, really, because with Certified Lover Boy, as you said, Eric, it was completely disjointed from beginning to end and just a lot of rehashing of material. And basically, the reason why that project fell so flat for me in its entirety is because of all of the lead up to it and how wonky and inconsistent the album rollout was and the expectation therefore was built to an all-time high of potentially Drake releasing his best material. And then by the time that we actually got it, what he delivered was just so far below the normal bar for me, especially after listening to prior projects that weren't considered albums like Dark Lane Demo Tapes in 2020, released during the height of the pandemic, and then you had Scary Hours 2 that was released during the summer last year. And those projects were infinitely better than the album that we received with Certified Lover Boy. So, and I think to me, not only was the rollout just completely disappointing, and then the expectation, and then what we got was extremely disappointing. For the music itself on there for Certified Lover Boy, I will say the reason why it missed the mark for me is because each song felt like rehashed Drake songs from previous. Albums in his discography that sound infinitely better than what we got on CLB. Meaning, why would I go listen to a track off of Certified Lover Boy when I can go back through his catalog and listen to Take Care or Nothing Was the Same or If You're Reading This It's Too Late? Views because it seemed like the songs from Certified Lover Boy had influences from each of his albums prior to that, but. With less finesse, both lyrically and sonically, and it's just regurgitating what we've heard before from Drake at a lesser quality. So that's why Certified Lover Boy missed the mark for me. Here, fast forward now on Honestly Nevermind, the reason why it gets a notch above Certified Lover Boy and barely does so, but it does is because it's his first cohesive sound in in years as a whole on a project. And I like the risk factor. I like that he took a risk experimenting with house music. Did that risk pay off? Not always throughout the project. Some songs it did, some songs it didn't. But I admire the direction and what he was trying to do. I think that just for those reasons alone it gets a notch above certified lover boy for me. But we're gonna be talking more about honestly never mind and what worked and what didn't. So Eric, what are some of the things that worked for you and what are some of the things that didn't?
1: Well I think you and I are in complete agreement in that what worked was that it was a more consistent effort and like you said, the risk. You know, he is if nothing else having fun on this album trying to experiment with uncharted territory which i can always respect and appreciate and like you said you know on on some songs it works perfectly on others it doesn't at all and then on others it it just feels like there's some good ideas but they never really go above just being good ideas if that makes any sense so you know, musically, I can say that it's definitely like a step, maybe even half a step above Certified Lover Boy. Lyrically, for me though, that's where it really just declines because, you know, and, and I think regurgitating is a good word that you used because I feel like lyrically that's all he does on this album. I feel like he just rehashes the same lyrical themes that he's had in on his previous albums. You know, still talks about heartbreak not knowing who to trust dealing with fame so on and so forth and it just starts to get you know stale and bland after a while
0: yeah i totally agree with you on that eric because it does start getting redundant throughout the project of honestly never mind where you're like okay i know that this is supposed to be lighthearted and fun it's supposed to be a project made for the summertime he released it at the perfect time for people to be playing this in the clubs at parties out on the beach with friends so i get the vibe that he was going for i get the risk and the direction he was going for like i said i like the idea that drake was trying to land here but did it always stick no not quite because for most of these songs the production of the song carries not drake's lyricism i feel Mm -hmm. like he was extremely lazy on this project when it came to his lyricism
1: yeah you're definitely right when you say that the production carries a lot of the songs and that's certainly the highlight for me on this album i feel like it's the production that is what retains my attention lyrically it's a lot of it just comes off as stale bland and sometimes very boring unfortunately, because of the, you know, because of that kind of lyricism, sometimes even the production, even if it is very good, it doesn't really help the song. You know what I mean? Like, ultimately, good production can't save the entire presentation. And that's really a shame because you can hear that in some of these songs. They could be good, even great, depending on how far Drake could have flushed them out. Like the song Downhill. It has a very good groove. And I feel like, for for a lot of the song, I felt like it was going to build up to something.
0: It doesn't go anywhere, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and it's a shame, because it's got a very good hook. And I feel like, had Drake fleshed it out a little more, it definitely could have been an even bigger standout than it ultimately ended up being. But it never really goes above feeling like a rough demo, if if you could say it that way.
0: Yeah, Downhill could have been a great track. If it was fleshed out a little bit more, it does have that demo kind of sound because it builds up and then it never goes anywhere, really. And you could say that about a couple of songs on here.
1: However, that's not to say that this album doesn't have its moments. And for example, the song Overdrive, I feel like that's definitely a standout. And it, at least to me, it sounds different than the other songs. It feels more of a, it has more of a darker feel to it. It's still very danceable, but kind of has a weekend vibe to it. I know that's kind of a stretch, but that's just how I personally felt about it. I can
0: see that. I could definitely see that. Fun fact, too. J. Cole shouted out Drake for this track. He said, you guys are sleeping on Honestly Nevermind. This song is a banger, and it was Overdrive.
1: Nice. That's cool. I did not know that. That's really awesome. Yeah, you know, another song that I thought was cool was you know texco green i really did like that one i thought it definitely had a very nice groove throughout the whole thing certainly one of the more consistent songs on the album but that's just my opinion
0: yeah with a lot of these songs i think that the production does carry the song because i could say that about texco green i like the production side of the song the lyrics i'm kind of whatever about they don't really stand out they're not here nor there they're pretty mid same thing with overdrive kind of redundant nothing really stands out too much the production sounds great but drake with the lyricism Not his best whatsoever. Same thing with Downhill. Production-wise, I think this could have really gone somewhere. This could have been a banger. But it's not fleshed out whatsoever. And it's left sounding like a demo. And once again, the lyrics. Come on. I don't know who gave him the green light for this. I don't know if he just has a bunch of yes men and women around him telling him that this is the vibe and to go ahead and lay it down. But... Sounds like this shouldn't have even made the project and if anything too i wonder why my main question to drake would be why did he make this his seventh studio album i think if anything if he just released this as a mixtape or as an ep it would be a lot easier for his fan base to stomach and the hip-hop community too especially to kind of digest it as an experimental project versus This is going to be in his official discography and catalog for an artist that had a really great run for a long time that is slowly losing that. Between CLB and this, this is some of Drake's weakest material that we've gotten so far in the 2020 decade so it really makes you wonder why this made the cutting room floor as an album as a whole in his discography and then specifically if you're going to release it as an album then songs like downhill even though the vibe sounds great sonically but then lyrically this should have never made the cut in my opinion and you could say the same thing about other songs on here Texco go green vibe sounds great but in terms of lyricism not his best not his worst the fact that these songs were considered the best out of whatever bunch of songs that he made for this house music genre speaks volumes in my opinion because if this is the best that he had then it's concerning it's concerning that this is what made the cutting room floor so to speak with other tracks here you have the intro track which is nice it's a nice little lead up but ultimately it's a throwaway falling back to me his singing is disastrous i know that he tried on that track to to sing but between the singing on falling back um the production on currents is extremely annoying for me you have calling my name which i like the beginning of the song and then it completely transitions into a different song entirely. So I just feel like there's way too much going on in that track and it's not consistent throughout the track itself. A lot of these tracks are a big question mark for me. Liability, another example of something that could have sounded great if it wasn't as slowed down. There are versions out there that you can go check out on YouTube that has the song at a faster bpm that you can listen to that it sounds significantly better so there was just a lot of ultimately what i'm trying to say is there was a lot of calls here that were questionable i admire the risk did it always pan out no and i think that overall the the reason why the project falls short for me is the risk was not worth the reward in its entirety i think he did take a lot of risks which i appreciate i do appreciate the sonic vein of the project because i am an avid listener of house music however as a fan of house music would i ever go out of my way to recommend this project by drake over some of the legitimate house musicians and edm musicians when I'm introducing that genre to somebody who wants to get into it, but doesn't know where to start. This is not a project that I'm going to be showing them. And then on the flip side, then you have the hip hop community that this falls as a giant question mark to them. Because even though it was a surprise album, it's something that was not expected at all for Drake to kind of go in this direction which is fine but then that leaves them hanging for 13 tracks until you get to jimmy cooks featuring 21 savage but then that also bothers me because that track feels like it's just tacked on there to cater to hip-hop heads to show them that he could still rap and he still got it and ultimately that's his lane and that's what he's been dominating the hip hop and R and B aspect to music for years now. And I I feel like that was just tacked on there as a band aid for the first thirteen tracks of this project for the people that are mostly hip hop driven to listen to that. And it it bothers me in a way because it's like, well if you're gonna take the risk, then just take it, you know, why did you kind of throw that on there when it doesn't really mesh well with the rest of the songs on here? It really feels like this song sticks out like a sore thumb
1: it really does and to go back to an earlier point that you had mentioned before just because i think it's worth exploring a little bit you know the idea that maybe he had a bunch of yes people around him telling him what could have worked what maybe didn't you know that definitely is something that i feel happens to a lot of albums where you know maybe you have a bunch of ideas coming in from different people or know just different opinions and you let that influence you or you just don't care enough to filter all of that out and you just let whatever come your way and then unfortunately this is what ends up being the result of that you know you uh you let a lot of people or a lot of different opinions get in your head on what sounds good or maybe what doesn't sound good and who knows maybe he even had some great ideas and he for one reason or another discarded them because he either changed his mind at the last minute or maybe someone discouraged him from putting those ideas on the record and so i think it's very it's a very good point that you bring up that you know maybe when he was working on this album other people were involved and they unfortunately ended up contributing to a lackluster album
0: exactly eric and I think in turn, that's why Honestly Nevermind gets lost in the mix because the people that it's targeted towards that listen to electronic dance music and house music, they're not going to invest themselves in an album that is this lackluster both lyrically and production-wise. And I think holding this album up to... Let's just say some of the bigger names in the industry when it comes to house music and electronic music like Calvin Harris and Zedd and David Guetta and Afrojack and Elenium. The list goes on and on and on, but when you hold it up to anybody that is remotely dominant in that field, that this record doesn't hold a candle to any of the work that's coming out of that genre currently and then on the flip side for drake's main demographic and i'm not talking about mainstream i'm talking about for drake fans they go to him for the hip-hop and r&b aspect to his music and that's pretty much nowhere to be found across this project until you get to jimmy cooks and i feel like this album ends up getting lost in the mix because it doesn't excel at what it's trying to achieve and then it also completely loses those people in the fan base as well, because most likely they might like one or two tracks off of this album. The people that are more hip hop oriented will probably lean towards Jimmy Cook's, obviously with featuring 21 Savage and Sticky, because those are the most hip hop tracks off of this album, and then we'll leave the rest. And then the people that listen to this kind of music aren't going to be seeking this out when there's better stuff out there. So therefore, who's left to listen to it? And by me saying that, I'm not trying to bring the album down as a whole because there are high points on this album and I do want to get to those. You have high points on this album like A Keeper and Sticky and Massive. And I think that these songs in particular, Flights Booked even, he finds that crossroad between the two and it works. Because A Keeper, you have the lyricism that may not be Drake's best, but it gets stuck in your head. An earworm type of song. Then you have Sticky, which is the perfect blend between hip-hop and a more electronic feel to the song. So I love the production on it. I love Drake's lyricism on this song. I think he knocks this song out of the park. It's actually my favorite Drake song lyrically off of this record. Then you have Massive, which I think if every song on this project sounded in the same vein as Massive, then it really would have been a smash hit because, you know, I think he nails it here, trying to combine his influences with the house music production. And this one is a real banger that you could be hearing out at clubs and parties and just really sets the vibe. I think he excels on this song. The other tracks like Flights Booked, for example, the production nails it. Are the lyrics the best? No, but you're able to still vibe along to it because of how well the production is. So there are highlights of, off of this record. I don't want people to listen to this review and think that it's all just a throwaway record. There are some songs that people should at least give a chance to see if they're gonna be, you know, in their rotation or not, but in terms of the project as a whole we have to call it like it is and it's just not anywhere near drake's regular material and his classic work from his discography i think drake rose to fame in the 2010s for a reason i think he was able to come up with a formula for hip-hop r&b and to remain on top throughout the 2010s and create those classic albums And I think with the 2020s going into this, you know, next chapter for Drake, it's been a rough start. It has really been a rough start.
1: Yeah, and because of the nature of this album and, you know, what you and I agree upon, I, and I'm not saying this to, you know, sound mean or anything, but I think that in terms of it being a surprise release, it was definitely the better way to go. Because, as you know, as we both know, uh, you know, anticipation for an album can feel very overwhelming at times, and especially if it's something that is being released by our favorite artists, we try not to, you know, obsess over it and think about what it could sound like. But inevitably, we get curious, right? And so we start to get high expectations, which in some cases can be a huge mistake because we set ourselves up for disappointment and then when the album is released it can either be really good and surpass our expectations or it can severely underperform in the case of honestly nevermind because it was a surprise release and nobody had absolutely any expectations because you know we didn't even get the chance to build on those i guess in this case is this being a surprise release worked out because you know there there was really no chance for anybody to really be disappointed by this really it just turned out to be kind of a head scratcher at best because you know people were questioning what this was about but it wasn't like you know something that had been building up for months and then you know completely tanked
0: i will say to speak on that i know that it was a surprise release but a funny little nod that i noticed is that the record, honestly, never mind, was released nine months after 2021's CLB back in September. And if you remember, Eric, the iconic, or I should say, the infamous cover of Certified Lover Boy was all those pregnant women emojis of yeah, different that's races. Right. And nine months later, referring to, you know, giving birth. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So that's just a funny little Easter egg, a little nod. I don't know if it was actually planned that way or if it just turned out to end up that way, but just something worth noting there. And I will say that the second half of the record, in my personal opinion, is better than the first.
1: Yeah, I agree. It sounds a little bit more, uh, I guess, varied might be the word. It sounds a little more exciting than the first half, in my opinion.
0: So Eric, with all of that being said, let's get into our least favorite and then we will end the episode on a lighter note with our top 5 favorites going from 5 all the way to our number 1 from honestly never mind. But before we can get to that, let's just get our least favorite out of the way. I will let you go first. What was your least favorite track off of this project?
1: The least favorite track that honor definitely goes to the song Calling My Name.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that comes as no surprise to me, honestly.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, you know how I am and (laughs) what I'm about. It's got some cool ideas. I like the, I like the beat. I like how danceable it is. Lyrically, this just did not do it for me at all.
0: Yeah, I can totally see why this ended up as your least favorite, just knowing you in the way that I know you and I know that this is a track that not everybody is going to be able to appreciate. I feel like it's going to be one that you either love it or you can't stand it and yeah I, I understand why this made your least favorite for sure. For me I like the production of it but even that there's just so much going on and then it ends so quickly so it's hard to even fully get into it because by the time that you do we're already on the next track.
1: Yeah, it's pretty crazy, and I feel like that's definitely a recurring theme with uh, with at least half of these songs. So how about you? What made your least favorite?
0: Okay, so I know this is a little bit of a cheat here, but seriously, these songs ended up tying for me for my least favorite tracks off of this record. I tried to only pick one, but this ended up just being what it was. So my first least favorite track is "Falling Back." As I said before, I cannot stand Drake singing off of this track. I think that he actually would have done better with getting somebody to feature on this track to let them sing. And then he can rap during the, the verses and they can sing a chorus for him. But in terms of him trying to pull off singing, I know that, of course, we've heard Drake's R&B side before. I'm not saying he can't sing... But I'm just saying that he went way out of his range here on this track, Falling Back. And I cannot get into it for that reason. I, You know, there's only so much that I can take. This song is a skip for me, for sure. And then we have the song Currents. And the lyrics, I don't mind on this track. But then it comes down to the production. I cannot stand the production on this track. I think this song is extremely annoying the bed squeaking throughout the entire track ruins actually the song for me and it it's a big just it's another big skip for me I can't get into either of these falling back because of the singing and then currents because of the production and the choice of the bed squeaking I get what they were trying to do here I get the reference that they're trying to, to make here I get the sample I get everything but I just don't enjoy it. And that's why both of these tracks tied for my least favorite.
1: Well, you know what? Since honesty is what this podcast is all about, I think uh, people can forgive you for picking two least favorites.
0: (laughs) But on a lighter note, let's get into our top five favorites that we did enjoy. The highlights off this album, because as I said before, it wasn't just an overall throwaway album. There are tracks out here that do salvage <laughs> what we did not enjoy throughout the project. So let's start with those. Let's start with our number five, Eric. What was your number five pick from your top five favorites?
1: So funny enough, Currents ended up taking my fifth favorite spot.
0: Really? Really? Yeah. Okay. So you could yeah. look past yeah. the production and and the squeaky bed.
1: Well <laughs> Matter of fact, now that you bring it up, I actually did not notice the squeaking, but now I'm not going to stop thinking about it.
0: (laughs) That's what ruins the song for me, because that's all I can hear. I can't even focus on the other elements of the song because the repetitiveness of the squeaking throughout, because it's just on a loop, really just distracts me from the rest of the track.
1: Yeah. And now that's going to be my curse to bear. (laughs) Sorry, um, But yeah, no, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) um it's not your fault (laughs) but uh yeah you know i i personally really do like this song unfortunately i do think this song kind of falls into the same um i guess pitfall that falling back does in terms of his vocals there are moments where you know his voice is pretty good but then he tries to go into the higher register of his voice yeah
0: it doesn't
1: it doesn't sound so great anymore
0: yep that was my issue with falling back. It's not Drake singing because we know that Drake can sing. Yeah, but at yeah. the same time, he went way out of his range on a lot of these tracks to the point right, where yeah. it's hard to take it seriously.
1: Yeah, plus also, and I don't know if you've given thought to this or not, but I think I could look past Drake's higher register singing if he wasn't using the autotune. I feel like that yeah. also just kind of...
0: It emphasizes it. Yeah. Because yeah. I know it's supposed to help throughout the song, but it actually ends up making it stick out more and not in a good way. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. So I I feel like had he not used the auto tune, maybe, maybe we'd be saying something a little different about his voice, but it is what it is. And, you know, I, I think it's passable enough for me to say it takes my fifth favorite spot. So how about you? What took your number five spot?
0: Okay, so coming in at number five, I picked Flights Booked.
1: Nice. Nice. I know you definitely uh, you definitely have a lot of love for that one from what I've heard so far.
0: Yeah, I enjoy Flights Booked solely because of the production aspect to this track. The lyrics for me are kind of mid. They're not here nor there. I feel like Drake phoned it in lyrically on this track, but the production is super stellar. This is a perfect song to play during the summertime. I love the fact that this made the track listing. I mean, it's as simple as that. The production carried on this track. It carries on a lot of the other tracks, but this song is replayable because of that factor.
1: That's awesome. A really good choice.
0: All right, Eric. So what made your number fourth pick?
1: So what takes my number fourth spot is Tex Go Green.
0: Nice. Okay, okay. I know you had some good things to say about it earlier in the episode, so.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really do like the how groovy it is. I love the, it, it sounds like a really good summer song, you know, if I could sum it up. It sounds like a, a song that you put on, you know, at night or in the afternoon, got a very danceable groove to it. Lyrics, like you said, for Flights Booked, kind of mid, I guess, you know, nothing that stands out too much. The title of the song does make me chuckle, just because, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, this is definitely just such a... It's a
0: modern age reference. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. It's, you know, uh, just for people out there, you know, it doesn't always have to mean that the person blocked you. They, can, they could have changed you an Android, you never know.
0: Just to specify, if anybody has been living under a rock, that iPhone bubbles and iPhone messages, iMessage, are blue... They're blue mm-hmm. bubbles, and then when you have an Android, they are green bubbles. So the reference mm-hmm. text go green means either that the person ended up blocking you that you were speaking to previously who had an iPhone, or that they just switched their phone, and then now they're showing up as green.
1: And if it's the former, that's like getting the Red Ring of Death on an Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same sinking feeling you get. Oh, man. Anyway, what, what took your number fourth spot?
0: Coming in at my number four, I picked Tie That Binds.
1: Nice.
0: I picked Tie That Binds because I appreciated the Latin influence that Drake tried to pull off here. Now, did he fully pull it off? No, not by any means, but I appreciate the attempt. I do like the sound of the track and I like the lyrics more here than most of these songs on Honestly, mind. So Tie That Binds, I'm a sucker for a good romantic song. And that's why it made my number four.
1: That's a very good point that you make in terms of it being like the only real romantic one. Because you are right, you know, he does talk about other things. But I guess this is where he explicitly makes it about romance. So that's a very good uh, very good thing you pointed out.
0: All right, Eric, we are headed into top three. Territory, what made your third spot for your top five favorites?
1: So... <laughs> Funny enough, what ended up making my third spot is actually Falling Back.
0: Ah, okay. Falling Back. Wow. All right. Top three material. Okay.
1: Yeah. The reason why is because, you know, the first time I listened to this album, like everybody else in the world, I had no idea what to expect. So, really, I think the reason this takes my number three is just because of the first impression that it made, where it set the tone for the rest of the album. So, you know, I thought, okay, cool. This is a nice you know, little intro to what the rest of the album could be like. I do like the attempt that he tried to make with his vocals. Again, the auto-tune does not help, and I feel like had he not used it, his vocals could have sounded a little bit better.
0: Listen, for some people it works, and for others it just didn't land. So it's, yeah, it's exactly. all subjective, really.
1: Yeah, but really what ends up making this song uh, my number three spot is really just the production of it. I really love the pulsing bass, carrying everything. And I just thought it was a nice counterpoint to to Drake's vocal.
0: Very nice.
1: So what about you? What ended up taking your number three spot?
0: Coming in at number three is A Keeper.
1: Nice. You definitely spoke about that one earlier.
0: Now this song really was a grower on me i have to be honest here this is a song that grew on me with repeated listens i remember initially listening to it and not really being that crazy about it kind of just looking over it skipping it and skimming through it because i didn't think it had anything of substance to offer but what i will say is that i love the production on this track and that it ends up lyrically even though the lyrics aren't that deep whatsoever by any means but it ends up getting stuck in my head it's a very earworm type of track and I gotta tell you I'll just be doing stuff randomly throughout the house and I'll have this one stuck in my head and I'm singing it to myself as I'm getting things done and I'm like wow am I really singing this song right now and (laughs) and it ended up being one that stuck with me with repeated listens over time, so that's why I had to put in my top three. A keeper.
1: Nice, nice. I All mean, sound come on, like Eric. Valid
0: why would I keep you around? Why would I? Yeah. Keep you around? Oh my god. Why would I now keep? Now you've got me doing it. You're gonna think about that for the rest of the day.
1: <laughs> of course I am. Now you've got me doing it. <laughs> Just like the bed squeaks. Now you've got me doing it.
0: <laughs> All right. That's hilarious. Here we go. You're number two from your top five favorites. We are headed towards number one. But before we get there, what took your second spot?
1: So this one might not be too surprising, but it goes to Downhill.
0: Ooh, nice choice. I do like that. I like that choice.
1: I, I love the the groove that he sets throughout the song. Again, it's bittersweet because I wish it would have turned into something much more... Definitive I guess I I wish that it could have been a more definitive statement. I see the potential in there for it to be a great song Unfortunately, it never gets above just being like a rough demo, but I do love that it just you know Keeps me moving. It definitely has a very danceable feel to it. I can certainly hear this being played over the summers and I really like Drake's vocal on this one. I feel like this is one of those songs where he really sets himself in that sweet spot that everybody knows and loves about him where it's you know middle of the road
0: totally agree eric it's a real shame that there was so much potential on this track because i i don't know what happened here and why this track ended up being an afterthought but still being put on this project that's my one of my gripes because It has such a good vibe to it. I love it sonically. It does. I love the way he sounds over it. And he could have really knocked this one out of the park if he just went in and put a little bit more effort into it and fully fleshed it out.
1: Yeah. You know what this song reminds me of? It's kind of a stretch, but I hope people will kind of see the connection to it. Uh, It reminds me of a very, very minimalistic version of Lionel Richie's All Night Long. little bit.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. I can hear it. I can see it.
1: Like that kind of, you know, Latin influenced song that you put on a hot summer night. All right. So what made your number two spot?
0: Okay. Coming in at number two, I picked Sticky. So I will say that my number two and my number one, which we're going to get to are by far, in my opinion, the best tracks by a landslide off of Honestly Nevermind. And the reason why I chose Sticky at number two is because I feel like this is the perfect cross between hip-hop and the more house-slash-electronic influences that Drake was trying to aim for with this project, and I feel like this is the one track, even though this album is extremely polarizing among fans, that all the fans and the mainstream public can stand behind and get behind and can all agree on that Sticky by far, is a standout on this record. Now, I know that's not saying much, considering the majority of the record and what it consists of, but you have to give Drake his flowers here on Sticky. The lyricism is the best, also, by far, on this record. So, between the sonics of this track and the lyricism by Drake, the delivery, the whole package, this song is a banger for sure and will be in my rotation for years to come
1: nice very good choice i had a feeling that this one was going to be a standout for you
0: yeah it had to i mean i wish there was more standouts like these on this record
1: yeah yeah that seems to be the the general agreement between the both of us and probably a bunch of our listeners
0: yeah yeah all right eric so we have finally made it to our top spot here i need to know i've been dying to know what made your number one spot what took your number one for honestly Never mind.
1: So, funny enough, and I'm going to say this, you know, again, for the sake of just being transparent here, originally, my number one was going to be Falling Back.
0: Okay, okay.
1: But, you know, after repeated listens to this album, you know, we we each have had enough time with this album since it was released. I, I analyzed it again, and I said to myself, you know, what were you thinking picking Falling Back? You know that's not what you really wanted. Uh, And so my number one spot ultimately goes to Overdrive.
0: Awesome! Great choice for a number one, honestly. Great track.
1: Yeah, you know, it just, it really feels like Drake's interpretation of a weekend song. It's very dark. I love the bass underneath it. Drake's singing is phenomenal here. It's, It's in the low range of his voice, like, you know, on songs like Finesse. It just sounds so good. You know, his vocals, the lyrics, the production, they all complement each other. And, you know, just like to you, your top two are, like, the best by a landslide. This is, to me, uh, Overdrive, to me, is, you know, one of the best songs on this album by a landslide.
0: I could totally understand why, Eric, and I definitely hear The Weekends influence on this track as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it. I'm not going to go as far as to say that you know, it could have easily fit on After Hours or Don FM, but it definitely does remind me of that style of The weekend's music.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: All right. So what made your number one spot?
0: Okay, coming in at my number one spot for Honestly Nevermind, I chose Massive.
1: Nice, very nice.
0: And the reason why Massive made my number one is because I think that this track ultimately was Drake's goal with this project is to achieve the sound that we got on Massive. It's amazing production. The build-up in this song pays off and both lyrically and production-wise, it's just a super fun sounding track, one that you could play in the clubs, one that you could play at parties, one that you could play outside at the beach or wherever you are in the summertime. This song has longevity. I could see this being on both Drake fans and just the mainstream public at large. I could see this being on everybody's playlist. This is one of the ones that he just knocked it straight out of the park with Massive. And I think if the rest of the record sounded like a combination of Massive and Sticky, then honestly, Nevermind would have been higher up in the conversation for one of Drake's best records in his catalog.
1: Yeah, I can absolutely see what you mean. And listen, not for nothing, but as long as those ideas are there and as long as he's already explored them, who knows, maybe maybe your wish might come true for the next album. Let's hope.
0: So what's next for Drake? Well, we will just have to wait and see. I heard that a Scary Hours 3 mixtape that he announced on his OVO radio show should be in the pipeline. When it's going to be released is another story, but we will be waiting for that. And until then, we have to see what Drake ends up doing next. Who knows what he has in store for us musically for the next project that he ends up tackling. But until then, guys, we want to know how you felt about Honestly Nevermind Did you enjoy the record? Did the record not gel with you? What were you expecting versus what the record actually is? We want to know it all. We want to know your favorite tracks, your least favorite tracks. We want to know it all, you guys. So make sure you head on over to www.musicmattersmedia.com and let us know over there. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We are on... Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. We're on it, all you guys, at Music Matters Media. And we'll see you in the next one.